0: It has been a long time coming, but I am finally here to share with you a little bit of insight around my trip to Rhythmia, the Life Advancement Center. I went to Rhythmia, which is located in Costa Rica, in August, and I had been introduced to Rhythmia by my good friend Josh Trent, who was on the podcast. If you have not heard that episode, it was fantastic. And he shared with me all about his experience with the sacred plant medicine. And for some time, I have been interested in experiencing that myself. I have watched the documentaries. I have heard the podcasts. I have read some books. And I knew that it was something I really wanted to venture into And so when I discovered Rhythmia, I was incredibly excited because it was an all-in-one place to not only experience plant medicine, but also have breath work, amazing, delicious food, yoga, um, pools, massages, meet incredible people from around the world, all for a 7 Nights, day, a whole week. It was Sunday to Sunday of pure bliss and transformation, and workshops and experiences. If anyone is interested in doing plant medicine, first off, I highly encourage you to do your research and know what you're getting into. Know what kind of plant medicine you want to do. Do you want to do it in a big group, a small group? Do you want to do it in um, your home area, or do you want to travel to do it? Do you want to make it a full-on experience? all the questions that may come up for you. I encourage you to do the research to find out what would be the best fit for you. That said, I felt incredibly inspired and pulled to go to Rhythmia for this experience because I knew I wanted to do it in a exotic location. I wanted to make it a whole trip on its own. And I wanted to do it at a facility and that made me feel safer that made me feel taken care of that made me feel like I could truly let go and be in my feminine because someone else was holding the container for me and that was Rhythmia. Rhythmia includes four nights of plant medicine and breathwork ceremonies and all the amazing food you could like seriously I cannot talk about the food enough it was so good and while the plant medicine experience was insightful and Opening and confronting, and all of the different things that a plant ceremony could possibly be. What really drew me in, what really transformed something for me, what provided one of the most incredible experiences for me was actually the breath work. The last thing that I thought would open me up in a new way, but the transformative breath work was wow. I, I can't, I don't even know how to put it into words. I had, I wouldn't quite call them visualizations, but I had flashbacks to the point that I felt like I was in these particular moments in my life that shaped me. And it wasn't confronting in a scary way. It was opening. It was definitely something that shook me and I cried. Um, but the way that Rhythmia is, is that they have such an incredible staff that when they see, when someone sees that. If they see someone having an experience, something that's truly opening them, they come over and they have all the tools. They know what to do. They put the oils on your feet and on your hands. They put the the weighted pillows on your belly. They hold you. They help you breathe. They help you go deeper and in such a kind way. And all of the breath work that is taught at Rhythmia is through the teachings of who we have on the podcast today and that is Christian Minson and he I am so excited to get on the show because when I was there at Rhythmia where he teaches he was not there he had just left the day after and so this is my first time to speak with Christian and I have all sorts of questions for him around um energetically what this breath work does for you and how it works. How in the world does breath bring you back to moments in your childhood or your adolescence or currently now? How does it for some people give them visualizations and they see colors and it opens up their chakras? I'm just so curious. So before I share just a little bit more about Rhythmia, here is some information on Christian. Christian Minson is currently the director of the Breathwork program at Rhythmia in Costa Rica. His credentials include international speaker, best-selling contributing author, trainer, coach, and founder of Breathflow Wellness, a transformational holistic health business. Christian also spent 10 years as a monk, meditating and serving in search of the deeper meaning of life. Now he helps others achieve greater spiritual and emotional intelligence by integrating trauma, releasing limiting beliefs, managing emotions, and teaching others to find meaning in their own lives and work. Christian delivers inspiration and practical real-world tools that result in lower levels of stress, greater emotional awareness, and higher levels of fulfillment and performance. He shares his message and techniques through speaking engagements, one-on-one sessions, and public seminars. He has reached thousands of people across the globe, including Europe, Mexico, Canada, Costa Rica, and all over the USA. He has presented at conferences, universities, churches, retreat centers, and the Chopra Center. Visit his website at breathflow.com and get ready to hear more about his insight in just a few short moments. All of that said, while I was at Rhythmia, I got lots of people showing interest saying, how do I go to Rhythmia? What is Rhythmia all about? Um, Well, Christian teaches there at Rhythmia, so if you like what he has to say, I encourage you to go to Rhythmia. But if you're also interested in plant medicine, you want to be able to do it in a place that is medically certified, that has doctors there, that does um, very brief medical exams to make sure you're safe and you're healthy, Um, something that is incredibly monitored and the staff is gentle and nurturing, but also encouraging of you to go to those depths and you want to meet some amazing people along the way, um, this is the place I would say to go to do it. Lots of people have done plant medicine there. Um, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith is a, a promoter of it. I, uh, Josh Trent, of course, went. I have multiple friends that when they heard I went, they go, oh my God, I went there too. I was there this year, blah, blah, blah. So many people go to Rhythmia for this experience. So with all that said, I want to encourage you to... Head on over and check it out. I am an affiliate for Rhythmia. So if you want to go check it out, go to rhythmia.link slash MM1. And because you're coming from my side of the world, you'll get 150 off of your stay. But you have to make sure you go to that specific link, rhythmia.link slash mm1, which stands for Maddie Moon, MM1. You can also call a number directly, and that is 866. 866- And I will have that number and I will have that link on the show notes for this episode to make it easy for you to get all head on over. And like I said, you get 150 off by going there. And with all of that said, um, yeah, if you're interested in breathwork or you're interested in plant medicine, this may be the perfect place for you. I'm so excited to have Christian on today to go all into breath work. So let us do the thing.
1: Maddie. Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend we look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon.
0: All right, and here we are on the Mind Body Musings podcast and we have with us Christian Minson and I am so ready to dive deep into the conversation around transformational breath because it's quite new to me thinking that um you can change your uh, your nervous system and how you react to certain situations in your life and so much deeper than that with the power of breathwork and um christian as i said in the intro is the director of breathwork program at rhythmia life advancement center which i was recently at and so today we're going to be talking all about breathwork and chakras and the difference between that and plant medicine so without further ado welcome to the podcast christian
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: My new first question that I'm going to be asking all my guests is: <laughs> What is your favorite thing to muse about in your life right now?
2: Hmm. What is the favorite thing to muse about yeah. in my life? Uh, well, recently I was I awakened to my mission in life, which, uh, in utter simplicity, is love people so i um uh it sounds you know sounds pretty duh but when i really get get into it i I love to muse about that because when when i start to think about it uh it's not so easy to love people (laughs) i mean there's some people that are really easy to love and uh but that word people means all people. You know, the, the ones that you normally rail against as they're speaking on television or uh, creating policies that you're not um, in favor of or, or those that just rub you the wrong way. Uh, so, so how to truly love people is the, the topic of my musing these days.
0: Can I ask you a follow-up question to that? Sure. What is, or who is, I should say, someone that you recently, you realized you weren't loving? Maybe it was someone on the news. What was the most recent example of you watching someone or hearing from someone or knowing someone personally, and you had a gut reaction of not love, and you called yourself into that deeper place of loving?
2: Now you put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I really did. You know, it's um, here in Costa Rica, I am thankfully very much removed from our uh, political theater going on uh, in the United States right now. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, politics is something that affects us all. And I would just say there, I won't name any names, but there's many political figures who are, you, you know, who are making life hard for uh, a number of us out there and it's and that's really you know when i really get down to it they're just people too and i try to get into you know what is what is their core motivation where you know where are they truly seeking love what is it you, you know who are they when at the end of the day they they hang up their jacket and tie and they go back to their families and and get you know, vulnerable, you know, who are they as, as human beings and as souls. And and so that's the, you know, um, that's the tack I try to take.
0: And I really love that. It's, you're taking a, a path of humanizing people that are easy to not humanize especially when we're watching the television and we're only hearing the tidbits or the nuggets of what policy changes are happening or a standpoint someone takes but people are more than their standpoint and there is the fear and they do have an ego they struggle with and they do have the family that they're providing for so I, I love that you brought that up even if it seems like something that's a well done it's I think <laughs> something that is going to be a process for all of us until the day that we die. It's much harder to to do that and it's much easier to just skip over it and keep going on um, the way that we have been or the way that our parents went on with the judgments and and hate, so to say, for some people.
2: Yeah, and I would say, you know, uh, it's a very uh, tricky road to travel um, to dehumanize somebody that you don't agree with because even those, even those out there with the viewpoints that I do agree with, I, I can see how they continue to polarize uh, our lives. And you know, when it becomes us against them, war is inevitable. And so we can either live in a state of war or strive to live in a state of peace, which means to come together with our quote-unquote enemies or those we disagree with and and search for a common ground. And so that's uh, a big deal to me.
0: Yeah, well, what a beautiful way to start this podcast off. Hmm. And so my next question for you is going to be one of those more standard questions. I want to hear about your background and your journey to finding breathwork and to eventually working at Rhythmia and all the wonderful things that you do today, hosting workshops and people te- teaching people around the world how to use their breath as a uh, transformative tool. So, share with us a bit about that journey. I know you used to be a monk, so I'm very curious about that mm-hmm. as well.
2: Well, great, yeah. The you know, um, it's uh, it, it definitely is a long, broad story, but to to try to tell it concisely, you know, I've Uh, My life has been defined by seeking, spiritual seeking, and um, interestingly enough, that was catalyzed by plant medicine early in my um, my trajectory. You know, basically in high school and college, uh, which led me to to seek deeper meaning in life, uh, to to know what you know. I saw all this stuff going on around me that I just couldn't buy into, that I I could see beyond the facade and wanted to know really what was the deeper reality, which led me to to explore spiritual paths. And uh, I arrived on some that practice meditation as the main tool for developing our own deeper relationship with God or with you know, the universal energy, however people define the, the the greater power that brought this universe into creation, and um, that I really bought into the idea that our evolution, our ascension, our self-realization is, is the primary purpose that we're here for, and that meditation and techniques of meditation, and then derived there from uh, techniques of breath work, are are the tools the best tools for uh, attaining that end so um through that that practice i um i came upon the path of paramahansa yogananda who many people know as the author of autobiography of a yogi there's also a, a movie out there of his life that i believe is on netflix called awake um he, one of the foremost spiritual figures of the 20th century and um I got involved with his organization, which uh, he was a master that came from India, and there is a, a, a ancient tradition of monasticism in India, the the ancient Swami order, basically, which is what I um, I uh, got interested in being part of his path, and just went deeper and deeper until you know the next step was to become a monk to. to to devote my entire life to this path that I am on, the Eastern philosophies generally are a non-violent uh, path. Uh, there's a concept called ahimsa, and that may be where my, uh, my viewpoints on the, the opening statements of this podcast came from. But I, I practiced that path for 10 years and developed a real deep understanding of what it means to live your life completely dedicated to, to service and to the highest pursuits of, of mankind, uh, and, you know, living um, with complete faith that I'd be taken care of, we didn't earn money or didn't um, you know, have. Have the normal accoutrement of life that uh, that people are used to, but around the ten year mark, I started getting a a, a deep inner calling to uh, to face some of the things that I'd been avoiding all those years, and those things generally had to do with the outside world, you know, interfacing with the the way society runs, getting a job, um, dealing with interpersonal relationships all those kind of things uh, were were coming up and the message I got was if I really wanted to evolve to the next level which was what I bought into my life being all about uh, and all of our lives being all about that I had to face these things eventually and so that um, I was in a real conundrum there do I do I leave this, this fold, which I've been um, practicing my lifestyle for the last 10 years, kind of like being married? You know, I was essentially con- contemplating, do I get divorced? From, do I uh, leave my hometown? Do I quit my job without knowing what to, I'm doing next? And on paper, the obvious choice was to stay. But At that point, I was introduced to this technique of breathwork, which I've now uh, practiced and taught for the last 12 years, and it really helped me get in tune with my deeper uh, inner uh, inner motivation, I'd say my authentic soul motivation, which when I really got honest with myself, that voice was telling me to go, to go and, and work on these things. So I took a big breath, literally and figuratively, and I made that step. And I can honestly say that I've never regretted that decision because I really took the time to tune in with what, you know, what my my soul was asking of me. And uh, and so that's what I teach now today. I got on the fast track to to learning how to facilitate this breath work. I've been a trainer. Uh, working all over the world um, to offer this. And that landed me ultimately at Rhythmia, which in a weird sort of completion of the circle uh, is the place that offers not only breathwork, but plant medicine, which, as I mentioned in the beginning, was, was really the beginning of my spiritual journey. So my circle has come, come to completion, and now I've uh, been working and serving here for the last year.
0: I love it. And I love how um, attuned you've been to this path of healing for it sounds like most of your life. It was always something that was pretty present in your life of this desire to deepen yourself and go to those depths and grow, which is something for a lot of people doesn't happen until like way later or they have like this moment where they're like, okay, maybe I'm going to move towards love and it seems like it's something that you came here to do. Which is beautiful, and i lo- I just love your story
2: well thank, thank you on that. and I would say to that you know just to, that people uh, i mean I believe that this is the purpose of life, and people do awaken to that at earlier or later stages in their lives and I, I want to make the point that nobody should ever feel bad that they awaken to it in a later phase because they have awakened to it. And if they, they have, that's the good news. And focus on that, not at what stage of your life you, you are in that process now. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love that so much. So I want to jump right on into the breath work. And my first question for you is what is transformative breath work and how is it different from other kinds of breath work?
2: Well, the, the breath work we teach is a, a way of harnessing basically our life force energy, uh, the, the Sanskrit term is prana, which many people who practice yoga have heard of. Prana, our life force energy, which is really uh, abundantly present in everything, but especially in oxygen. Uh, it seems like oxygen is really where, where prana is, is uh, present the most, and it also seems to be where it's most easily distilled what this style of breath work is, is a very integrative form of breathing, meaning, um, I'd say, probably emotionally integrative, which means that as we we work on a full-bodied breath, a, a relaxed sort of free style of breathing, and a flow to the breath, meaning a connected, continuous rhythm to the breath, uh, we uh, create... Uh, a a vibrational field which helps us to bring up old stored emotional energies, repressions, suppressions, trauma from the past that we've locked away in closets of our mind and closets of our being. And we, we bring that energy out into the surface, not for the sake of torturing us, but for the sake of actually learning to let go of it, learning to, as we say, integrate that energy so that we can live more presently in uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, let go of the influence of the past in our lives, which is usually not for the better. The other part of this breathing that, you know, was the great crossover for me from my monastic life is that really when we, we start to bring more prana into our lives or into our physical field, we start to align ourselves with the consciousness of that life force energy, which is the consciousness of life itself so that our consciousness starts to operate on a deeper intuitive level, a deeper creative level, and we tend to feel more connected to, to life itself and to our, our deeper divine purpose. So uh, those are the, the main aspects of this type of breathing.
0: Could you possibly share with us? um like just hearing sound what this breath sounds mm. like whenever you do your specific type of breathing
2: sure well let me again preface it by saying i usually use three words to characterize this breath excuse me a second <clears throat> which is full free and flow so we're we're trying to take a full inhale we're trying to let the exhale be free or relaxed in fact we're trying to let the whole breath really be free and relaxed and we want that breath to flow meaning a continuous movement there are no pauses between the inhale and the exhale but as soon as you let go of the exhale you immediately take a new inhale and vice versa as soon as you finish the inhale you go right back into the exhale so it's going to sound something like this it's a slightly accelerated pace the exhale is, is like a relaxed sigh, so it's going to be generally shorter than the inhale, and sounds like this. And so hopefully through just hearing it, you can hear. Now, the, I want to say that when you're doing it, the ideal is to be soundless. The, you know, the, uh, when you bring sound into your breath, it's an indication that friction is happening, and friction is a resistance. And again, that, that is counter to the, the freeness of this breath, the relaxedness of the breath. But for the sake of, of making uh, something that you can actually hear and emulate, uh, I have to make a little bit of sound. But hopefully you can hear the full inhale, and then the, just letting go, that relaxed exhale. And then the immediate uptake again. You know, there's no, there's no, and then just you just wait until you, you inhale again. So it is, of all those elements, I'd say it's the continuous connectedness of the breath that, that, that I feel is of the most vital importance. Mm. Uh, so so we, when we stop breathing unconsciously anyway, when we stop breathing, we actually disengage from life. We are you know, metaphorically dead in that moment when we stop breathing. You know, breath defines life. Now, uh, some of those out there may be on deeper spiritual paths, and when I was a monk, we, we practiced meditation techniques that focused on expanding the pause between the breath, but that was a very specific and conscious practice. So what I'm talking about is when we find ourselves unconsciously holding our breath or unconsciously uh, stopping without knowing we're doing it, we've actually uh, separated ourselves from life itself. And, uh, uh, you know, therein starts a host of problems.
0: Yeah, we're stopping that flow of energy, literally, but also energetically. And this is something that I've noticed in my own life since getting very focused on my breath because I do a lot of work around the feminine. And I think that um, helping learn how to breathe in those moments where the most uncomfortable, even with our body and in situations, learning how to deepen the breath. And I know that the breath is also a very um, energetically, if we're looking at the masculine, the feminine, it's also a very masculine tool as well, using your breath to either hold it and like that energetically teaches you how to hold the container of something so there's that kind of breathing the wim hof all the different types of breathing what i will say when i went to rhythmia and i did the breath work i have an interesting relationship with breath work so far (laughs) Um, (laughs) it was like the very first night and i really didn't know what to expect and um yeah how do i put this it it was something it was it was very challenging
2: yeah, in, many in, people find
0: that. Challenging, also in, in a sense, annoying because like so much work. It's not meditation where you're just there and you're closing your eyes and maybe you're saying a mantra, but it's, it's, it's consistently having to the, – the deep inhale, the exhale, deep inhale. It's like going, 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 and there's so many times where I wanted to stop and to give up. And it was in those moments where I kept breathing when I was so uncomfortable and I did the thing anyways, that I led myself into incredibly deep places. And mm. one of the things that happened to me, I don't think this was the first night, the first breathwork ceremony, but the second one, I had this, one of the things y'all talk about at Rhythmia is that you can have visualizations, you can see colors, you can um, go back into memories. And for me, the the memory that I went into was one, when I was, Probably around 12 years old, I was in uh, my parents' bathroom, going to the bathroom, <laughs> and my parents came in and they were fighting. And I remember my, uh, my dad was really upset at me for being in the bathroom when they were fighting because apparently I heard mm. what they were saying or something like that. And there were a right. few instances in my childhood where I was in the wrong, t- the wrong place at the wrong time, and I got in trouble for that simply wandering around my own house. And that was what kept coming up for me in the breath work. I kept having these memories of getting in trouble for being in the kitchen when something was happening and I shouldn't have been in there. or Being in the bathroom, like innocent things. I didn't know what I was doing. I just needed to use the bathroom. And then all of a sudden I'm crying because I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I was breathing through this and breathing and these memories kept flashing and coming up for me. And next thing I knew, I was bawling my eyes out, Christian, like totally (laughs) bawling my eyes out. And your amazing staff comes over and they like put the weighted pillow on my belly and they hold me and they help me to deep breathe. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was, I mean, it was incredible though. It felt like something was finally I breathed through something and it released and it no longer felt like it held any Sort of power over me and that fear of being in the wrong place at the wrong time It was so released. It just was gone
2: well, I mean your story has so many elements of What why breath work is so important and so effective and and what you said at the very end that it finally had no power over you what you know, what typically happens is that we have, and innocently enough, we're in the wrong place at the wrong time or, you know, something happens that was beyond our control and we don't, we either choose to or we unconsciously suppress that memory or the memory is so traumatic that we have no choice but to, to stuff it in in a closet of our consciousness. Uh, the, the problem with that is that we carry that energy around with us everywhere we go even if we're not conscious of it it is influencing every aspect of our lives you know it, what the decisions we make the relationships we choose to get into all of the things that that happen uh, are influenced by this energy and you know for with your example maybe it just you know, make you very on edge about getting into some some place that you're you're not sure if you'd be welcome or not. You know, uh, just as a, a random example, uh, but whatever, however, it affected you, it it continued to um, dog your life in one way or another. And as we do this breath work, it, just as you experience. Sometimes it can be a little bit difficult at first. You're learning how to actually breathe properly, sometimes for the first time for many of us. And, but when you've reached that place where all of a sudden you unlock a pocket of, of memory, all that energy comes to the surface. And, and we have a phrase that we use here at Rhythmia a lot called said, which we say, what's coming is going. So what's coming is going, meaning whatever comes up whatever you're experiencing there is on its way out. You know, we, we bring this stuff up not to not to overlay you with any more trauma or, or, you know, to just rub it in your face, but to bring it up so that you can finally let go of it. And as you just uh, described, when you did let go of it, there was this sense of freedom, a sense that you were no longer enslaved by the energy of of, of these incidents which to me is is the true victory that that I hope for every person who goes through a breathwork process.
0: Yeah, and certainly a freedom of forgiveness. That was big. That was big for me. And that's why I went to Rhythmia too, was there was a lot of forgiveness that I desired to feel, not just fake it till you make it, but actually feel for my family, for friends, just for my past, forgiveness of the self, forgiveness of them. And it was almost as if I was like, during that breath work, not only was I going back into my own body of being a scared kid and then um, letting that be breathed, but also experiencing what it was like to be my parents and and experience being in their own fear in that moment. And then the overwhelming sensation they may have been experiencing at that moment of not knowing how to parent or not knowing what they were doing or not Uh. knowing how they were going to fix this fight, the fear of like losing each other and loving each other so much. And maybe what they were going through and how they were so unconscious of their behavior towards me at that time. And being able to understand that, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: that, that uh, you know, compassion is mm-hmm. really the, the word here. And that compassion, you know, humanizes the the antagonists in your life. And again, that draws right back to our, our beginning conversation in this podcast that uh, when you when you are open, when, when you bring that life force energy in and you start to see humanity as a sea of souls who are all in this together, uh, you really start to develop a sense of compassion that, you know, they were doing the best they could at the time with the tools that they had and, and that you don't take it so personally anymore. And you let go of that, you know, that, that personal hurt. And, um, and everybody benefits from that. So, good job on your part.
0: Oh well, thank you, thank you so very much. <laughs> um, and so, something I am I'm very curious about is the the visualizations people have when they do breath work. Mm-hmm. I I didn't experience that, and I I want to understand how that's possible. How can breath work take you into that space where you can see things or see colors? Um, I, I just, I wish I could, could have that. I want to know what that's.
2: (laughs) Well, let me say that that is probably the thing that everybody wishes they, uh, could have most, whether it's with breath work or with plant medicine Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and it also is usually the least beneficial part of the whole process. You know, it's the most colorful part of the process because we're a very visual society. Uh, but oftentimes the, you know, those visuals aren't the deeper understandings or realizations that, that will benefit your life uh, in a truly effective manner. But how this works is uh, uh, I've learned recently myself. I'm learning all the time, uh, just like everybody else out there. But uh, breathing, uh, deep, consistent breathing actually releases DMT in our system. So DMT is the um, the active ingredient in the plant medicine that we uh, that we use at Rhythmia. It's also a chemical that is naturally found in the brain. It's a chemical that that influences our dream states. Um, And it's a it's a chemical that opens us up in our consciousness to to deeper understandings. Uh, So and and it you know, and it has the side benefit of all the uh, all the colorful visualizations and stuff. Think about you know, when you dream how crazy how crazy visual your dreams usually are. so as we're we're breathing in this fashion, we can unlock uh, DMT to flow into our system, and that will bring about uh, a sense of what we call the pinta or the, the visions that occur.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So it's not something that you imagine that you're seeing and that you bring it on yourself. It really just chemically happens for you.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. Very fascinating. So, what about then the chakras? How are the chakras? How do they come into play with breath work and opening up different chakras with your breath?
2: Well, the chakras uh, for those who, who don't understand them and maybe for those who, who do I, sh- the chakras are energy centers in our body now with um, you know drawing back upon my uh, my spiritual quest and my years as a monk and all that it, it, to digress for a minute, we, you know, the idea is that when we come into a physical body, we enter, our our energy or spirit enters in a specific way. Um, it basically comes through the medulla oblongata, which is uh, at the base of the brain on uh, the back of our head, which is the, the pole of the, um, what we call the, the spiritual eye or the, the sixth chakra, which lies just above the eyebrows in the center of the forehead. Uh, So we enter there, and the energy descends into our body. And at each chakra point, it's like a nexus for a certain expression of energy. And it gets denser and denser. So if you imagine the highest form of energy, just pure, pure life force energy coming down, then into the body, First, it becomes consciousness. Then it becomes expression. Then it becomes heart, uh, heart-centered uh, expression. Then it becomes power, expression of power. Then it becomes the expression of our creativity and our sexuality. Then it ultimately becomes expression of groundedness of of uh, the full physical expression. You know, the, uh, fully embodying a, a physical encasement or our body. So each of those chakras has this specific, um, these specific energies. Um, so when we, we talk about chakras, we usually talk about them being blocked and how to open them up. And the, uh, it, you know, when we're, we have something that affects our heart, you know, emotionally, whatever, our heart chakra may be blocked. Uh, you know, the power chakra, which is our, our third chakra, and the sexuality chakra, our second chakra, and even our first chakra, which is our, our safety and security, these three chakras are the most compromised. And when, we, when we, we, we shut down the energy, essentially, in those chakras, and we have to reactivate that energy. And so when we're talking about breathwork and the chakras, the breathwork, again, is introducing the highest Uh, source the life force energy itself back into our system and I subscribe to the belief that if you know left to its own devices if we just bring bring in the intelligence of life force itself it knows how to rebalance our system and if that means to activate some of our chakras so that they're you know more energized or if that means to Tone down their expression, like uh, in in the power chakra. Sometimes the 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 energy is over, you, you know, uh, expressing too much, and we have to dial it down a little bit. Uh, the The life force will balance those things naturally. All we have to do is get that life force into us and relax and let it do its thing.
0: Mm, yeah. I'm sitting here simply amazed by how small of a thing it feels like, like breath work. It's like, it's the thing we do anyways. It's the thing we do all day long. <laughs> it's also the thing that might sound the most, just for someone who's never heard of this, it might sound the most trivial to work on, like breath work, just breathing. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds ridiculous. Um, but hearing this, hearing you talk about it, hearing you talk about the science, hearing you talk about it being the life force obviously again it is the life force but this being a practice more than just something we do without even thinking about it but something that we put in some conscious effort into create a practice around it and then watch as beliefs are shed as traumas are healed as we have more life force we have more security and safety in that root chakra we have more um, a a, a healed relationship with our power center, with um, our heart chakra, our throat chakra, as we speak our truth. Wow, it's just amazing to me. It leaves me mind blown.
2: Yeah, well, I believe in, in the idea that we live in a holographic universe, which to me means that any microcosmic aspect of our existence can give us clues about the macrocosm, or the larger context of our existence. And uh, along with that belief, I am I, always looking for the foundational elements, you know, back to basics. What is, the, what is the primary, fundamental thing that we can do that could change everything? And uh, so the breath is pretty much the foundation of life itself. And then with that holographic idea, what we, how we engage with the breath reflects how we engage with life. And so if we're breathing dysfunctionally, I can uh, guarantee, I'd put money on it, that your life is operating dysfunctionally in very specific ways that I learned and uh, breath workers can learn to identify by looking at your breath pattern. And vice versa, if you want to shift the way that your life is going, you can actually shift your breathing to to be essentially like i uh, I enumerated a full breath, a free breath, and a uh, a flowing breath, which is going to make your life full free and flowing
1: mm-hmm.
0: on a more personal level
2: <laughs>
0: when I, when I think about um, my experiences when I started to think more about breath work, something that I've noticed a lot in my past was when I was in a very uncomfortable situation. Let's say I'm on a third date and someone's making a move on me and <laughs> I don't know how to speak my truth. I don't know how to say no. I am scared of mm. saying no. I'm scared of mm. rejecting them. Cause maybe then they'll totally reject me or I overthink it. Maybe I actually want this. I don't want this. Like just not knowing my truth. The, the telltale sign of that for me was always holding my breath, holding my breath, like just like just the go-to before speaking, just seeing what happens next. And I still do this. I still do this. And it's on a more subtle level now, maybe not even subtle, but just um, an area that's um, smaller, such as if someone asks me, a question like, do you want to go out tonight? Like, Let's say my boyfriend asks me, do you want to go out tonight? And my real answer is maybe no, but I overthink it. And I say maybe in my head, I, I do want to go out, or blah, blah, blah. I just hold my breath. So I don't mm-hmm. have to answer at all. So a big practice for me has been to breathe. like. First, be, have awareness. Just notice that when I hold my breath, something's out of alignment. I'm not wanting to speak my truth because that's what that sign is for me. And mm-hmm. then two, speak my truth. Like, say maybe if the answer is just for right now, I don't know. Just at least say I don't know and then continue to breathe. Or maybe just mm-hmm. do one and three. Like, have awareness and then breathe and then figure out the answer in time.
2: Well, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um- because I probably would have said it very much like that. <laughs> the Awareness is the first thing. And one, you know, uh, you and everybody else out there, don't beat yourself up for re- recognizing that that's your pattern. That is, as I mentioned earlier, when we hold our breath, we are actually disengaged from life. We're disengaged from our truth. You know, that's why you're holding your breath, mm. and because... Um, because you're not certain or you don't, you're, you're afraid of your truth. Uh, why are you afraid of your truth? I would say that that has to do with all the experiences and energies that you've held previously. You know, like we were talking about earlier, that color your choices and color the decisions you make and all that. So the solution, as you so astutely put, is to recognize that and start breathing again. And as you start breathing again and even focus on the fluidity of your breath, keep it connected until the truth starts to bubble up from that life force. That life force will bring you truth to your consciousness, and you will, you will understand how you're supposed to respond. Now the, you know, the real clincher is you still have to make that, uh, you know, make that statement. You still have to express mm. yourself ultimately, but again, that gets back to clearing the chakras and doing the doing the work to to make sure that that expression chakra is is fully in alignment. So when you get into a situation like this that you do feel empowered to speak your truth.
0: Oh God, that was really so much gold. like it, it <laughs> that realization right there of the the blocking of the breath to block the confrontation of what your truth mm-hmm. is that I think that's going to relate to so many people.
2: Awesome.
0: Um, so, okay. I have, since I have returned from arrhythmia, I have tried to do trans, formative breath on my own. And it is very challenging for me to do it by myself. There was something about being in that ginormous room with all the people and all of our pillows and all of us breathing together. Like I just was fed so much energy from being around so many people. Um, And so the practice of doing this solo, do you have any tips to share on having some sort of breath practice by yourself to, in a way, receive that kind of collective energy and make it feel like that, but you're doing it solo or by yourself?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, one, again, know that there's always an energy that comes from others that uh, you can either feed on or in some cases people are very distracted by the energy. So it's a, it's a two-way street There's also It's always going to be better when you're facilitated by somebody not because you can't do it yourself But because somebody else's loving energy is being added to the equation and they're helping you their Their energy is assisting your energy to work these things out so How, you know, the biggest thing I'd suggest is look up, uh, you know, try to find where there's groups that you can plug into in your area and or get individually facilitated sessions. Uh, Then beyond that, I'd say on your own, start small first. Start with a five minute session. Start with a 10 minute session up to 15 minutes. You know, just get, get used to and comfortable with that. And then begin to to uh, expand the the time. I also um, you know offer CDs that that will guide you in that kind of work. So that's the next best thing to an actual person being there with you is to have at least somebody guiding you through the process as you uh, as you are there by yourself. But those are the ways that I'd really.
0: Yeah, that yep. sounds great. I probably want to do one of those audios, but I've I've looked into coming to one of your workshops or trainings because that those three experiences, the three breathwork experiences I had, were just I mean they were so powerful for me personally. It was more powerful than the plant medicine. I mean it for me by far. It was. Um, the most heart opening the most releasing I got the most out of that and I want more of that so it's good for yeah. me to know that I, I'm not unusual in any way that doing it solo is a little bit more challenging and it mm. gives me more motivation to go out and to um, find communities and find classes that I can actually be guided through with this
2: right and people can find those by contacting me through my website and you know we can take it from there also, I'll be. Uh, I'm waiting for for some uh, information from Rhythmia to plan my 2019 schedule. But I'll typically have a couple of trainings over the course of the year that people can plug into and you know go deeper in breathwork and really learn learn not only how to do it, but if they're so inspired, uh, they can go on to future trainings to actually learn how to facilitate it. So,
0: oh, perfect that might be me one day, honestly. That was actually my first thought. I was like, I need to learn how to, to teach this. But I'm also the mindset that you want to be a student for a, a good amount of time before you go over to being a teacher. So mm-hmm. I want to be a student of this really, truly. I love it. And then you also have a book. Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: Yeah, the book, uh, the book is a, a- collection of a number of authors, so it's not mine alone, but uh, the book is called Align, Expand, and Succeed, Shifting the Paradigm of Entrepreneurial Success. And there's 40 different authors, uh, entrepreneurs, what we call conscious entrepreneurs. The whole mandate of the book was to uh, give our own stories and our own practical tips on how we live this this new business paradigm of conscious business or conscious entrepreneurship so some people were business people who discovered more conscious practices and then tried to uh you know merge those others like myself came from the field of of conscious practices and then were learning how to apply them in a business setting uh which you know i've done now for the last 12 years as a a solopreneur and and now with rhythmia uh, You know, learning how to bring the which a lot of healers need to understand is how to bring your uh, your gifts to marketplace essentially, and how to do that that honors um, people, that honors the planet, that honors your purpose, and then the you know the bottom line that all businesses have to run on it honors profit. So, um, But that's the quadruple bottom line of conscious business, whereas profit is pretty much the bottom line of old paradigm business. So uh, my chapter is called Shift Happens, uh, and it's inspiration for a life in transition. Uh, I use my my story of my uh, transition from monastic life into uh, the worldly life again, and uh, how You know the struggle to make that decision and then my practical tips are basically how i used breath work in a modified form to weigh the the options that i had to really get in tune with what i was saying earlier the the soul resonance that you know that told me that even though it was the scariest and the unknown the most unknown option that leaving was better for me than staying and because again because that was the uh, because I took the time to really tune in through this practice, uh, it, I I didn't regret that decision, and so I offer that to people who have important decisions in their lives. You know, do I stay with this person? Do I go? Do I quit my job? Do I uh, start my own business? Uh, you know, do I go uh, to this job or that job? Do I move to a different country? You know, all these things are major life decisions that we don't want to make the wrong one essentially. Uh, so uh, this, that practice can really help.
0: Mm, golden. And I will make sure that I have the link to your book in the show notes for this episode. This is number 228. And before we wrap this up in our last few moments here, I would love to take you through the divine deep dive round. It's basically quick fire round, so you can feel free to <laughs> say whatever comes to mind first. I don't know. All right. Here we go. Who are your teachers and your mentors?
2: Teachers and mentors. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda is the, the main teacher and mentor in my life, uh, the, the spiritual master, uh, a number of the monks that were in the, you know, that were my superiors in that. Uh, and now I, I really um, honor Jerry Powell, the CEO of Rhythmia, as uh, one of my supreme teachers because uh, he's you know he's really embodied I mean he's the guy that came from the business world mega successful business guy who created Rhythmia after coming to terms with consciousness and conscious business practices and now Rhythmia has been birthed and it's it is you know it's not only a business that's in in business to help people but it it is becoming and will truly be a phenomenon in this world.
0: What do you want to be praised for more than anything?
2: Uh, My ability to love people.
0: Mm. What is one must-read book?
2: One must-read book. Autobiography of a Yogi or... uh, God talks with Arjuna, which is uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's interpretation of the Bhagavad Gita, which I would consider the Bible for life. If you really want something that will uh, that will guide you in all aspects of life, uh, read that book and carry it as your Bible. And if you're a, of a more Christian-based faith and that tweaks you a little bit to read the Bhagavad Gita, read uh, his. Uh, what's called the Second Coming of Christ, which is his interpretation of the Gospels, which essentially has exactly the same information as God talks with Arjuna, but um, y- you know it's in the context of interpreting the the Gospels of the, the New Testament.
0: Good stuff right there. I have mm-hmm. autobiography of a yogi. I just bought it and I started reading it, and I put it down for a bit just because recently I've had a very short attention span for books. <laughs> it's really been—I've been picking up so many books, and I keep putting them down. And that's one that I want to pick right back up. So maybe I'll go back to that this week.
2: Well, I'll say on that note too. Um, <laughs> the the two that I just mentioned that after that are are hef- heavy duty yeah. tones. Um, so, so they like do it. have they do have abridged versions of each of those so if you want to stick your toe in the water so to speak you can get the abridged version first and then then if it really speaks to you go out and get the you know the mega volume
0: that's probably what i will end up doing i don't know <laughs> when it happened cuz i'm such a reader as an english major i dive into like a new book every week and then all of a sudden just hit this like threshold and i'm taking a little bit of a break But that book is on my list. And the other ones you just mentioned, I'm sure I'll get those as well. Sound great. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world besides where you currently live, where would it be?
2: Uh, Well, I lived in San Diego for 20 years of my life and was perfectly content to never leave there. Um, It's beautiful. But Sedona... Might be a place that uh, it's a place that I will definitely continue to visit for the rest of my life, if not live there. Mm. Sedona, Arizona.
0: What is one crucial part of your morning routine?
2: Meditation. Meditation, meditation, meditation.
0: What is your favorite scent?
2: Ah, uh, woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That's so good. <laughs> That was, like, the best answer ever. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Two more questions. One is, what is one word you absolutely love to use? Just a word that satisfies you.
2: Rhythm. Rhythmic.
0: That's very fitting. Mm. Very fitting. Okay. Mm. And then my last question is going to be... um, What is your biggest, quote, guilty pleasure?
2: (laughs) Hi, Caramba. Um, Well, other than uh, the uh, engaging with the scent uh, back question, uh, probably chocolate. (laughs) Mm.
0: Good answer. I like it. Christian, this has been such a delight. I, I want you to know how much I appreciate breathwork and the work that you're doing and what you brought to Rhythmia and what you're continuing to build there. Um, I have a very strong feeling that a lot of people listening to this episode are going to end up there and will be meeting you one day. So I just want to say thank you first off for coming on the podcast and then additionally thank you so much for the work that you are doing in this world. It is so, so important.
2: Mm, well thank you so much and just to end on that note just to say that you know i've been at rhythmia for a year so you mentioned i've been in transformation for at least 22 years and i've never seen a place that so effectively and with such high volume of numbers like uh processes transformation uh like rhythmia does we kind of lovingly refer to it as a soul factory, because <laughs> we're, we're really bring, um, bringing people to the light and sending them back with, with new hope. Uh, some people, many people who come here with, uh, you know, that this is their last hope. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it, it really is an honor and a privilege to, to work here for as long as um, I do, and uh, which I hope is a long time.
0: And that's a wrap, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Christian Minson. Like I have been saying all throughout this podcast, it's pretty amazing what we can do with something as simple as our breath and how deep that we can go. And I know this may seem like something that like maybe you might try at one point if it ever falls into your lap. Maybe it's something you might want to look into. But honestly, this is something that I really recommend you put into your toolbox. Go on Facebook, see if you have any breathwork groups in your area or any meetups or any events happening or go check out Christian's work and see what events he has coming up that you might be able to attend possibly in 2019. And the greatest thing that you could do is go check out Rhythmia by calling that number or going to the link that I have on the show notes for this episode. The number again is 866-207-3930 and that's a specific number for people that come from the mind body musing side of the world. So if you do just want to get some information, call them and let them know that is how you found out about their center. Ask them all the questions that you have. And I hope to hear from you. Let me know. Are you curious about going? Are you curious about breathwork? Did you enjoy this episode? Um, With that said, this is a wrap. So I look forward to hopping back on, coming into your ears next Wednesday for another episode of the podcast. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and an exciting weekend.